Woodstock, day two. I'm, I'm glad to see this guy over here brought his date for the pay-per-view. A lot of sex going on with Plastic Woman over here. A, a local guy, a local guy who has made good, a native of Frankfurt, New York. He's from the Emmy Award TV show, Frazier. Say hello to Paul Cusimano. Paul Cusimano made good Frazier. Hey, fucking guy's on a rock, man. Oh, come on, you're making me proud of me. All right, you want to rock? All right. Get ready to give it up, man. From Detroit. Rocking as motherfuckers in business today. The devil without a cause. TC and Jake. You say we are ready to rock. You, you know what I was randomly thinking about this morning? Other guys? Uh, indirectly, yes, but the oft-referenced in the early days of this uh, show, Drew McGarry, Kid Rock Cruise. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, piece. Yes. <clears throat> because I, I got my hair cut this morning. By Kid Rock? Yes, and Drew McGarry was there to sweep up. And uh, the lady who cuts my hair and she shaves Dan's head, she knows, like, maybe we talk, maybe we don't. It's a great thing. I thought that your policy was no one speak to you ever. She's, she's, here's the deal. She's got an every time I die tattoo. Okay. All right. What happened so to the lady in, that cut Trevor May's hair? I had to move on. It was too far? It wasn't necessarily too far. It was that it was too hard to get in. Is it she didn't have an every time I die tattoo? She definitely didn't. And this lady did. And I was like, I was in one of their music videos. Well, but then, uh, you, now you're asking for her to talk. But she still really doesn't. Yeah. And this is why Dan uses her as well. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, just blown away. You know, I know everyone, you know, probably not too many people who this is their first episode. So maybe this doesn't need to be said. But after the number of times that Jake was like, uh, you know, hey, I, it's just really important that I get to my favorite haircut lady. Like, oh, like it's just caused things like hey, not a big deal or whatever, but like, hey, we got to move this because like, you know, this lady, she's she's the top and she only has this time. And then whenever I learned the only qualification for who the top haircut lady is, is that she doesn't say a word whenever she's cutting hair. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was important. Not like, uh, you know, the edges are always sharp. Uh, you know, it's just uh, I she, will also she's willing to not fact. say a word. <laughs> That for at least the first half of our relationship together, you, uh, our relationship, the IJB relationship, my haircut was free. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was nice. It was a trade was, uh, for sheets, right? <laughs> pillows, yeah. all you want. Yeah. But no, the guy in the, uh, I was thinking about this because the guy in the chair next to me, he was with uh, the lady that is very sweet, but she talks a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like you might as well be talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to um, hear chatter. Might as well have some say in what it is. Yes, and her chatter was the cruise she took over uh, New Year's. There you go. And uh, <laughs> the guy who was getting his hair cut told her, he's like, yeah, I hadn't been on a cruise in a little bit. Uh, he's like, I've been on a few. 
He's like, the last one I went on was an REO Speedwagon cruise. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> like the most grapevine shit of all time. Just yeah, like the 65-year-old man. He's like, yeah, about 10 years ago, I went on a cruise with REO Speedwagon. Yeah, he's Billy Madison grown up. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, Drew McGarry on Kid Rock's boat. What cruise would Rock's you boat. most want to go on? Um, You've certainly like, never been on a cruise, and I'm just going to guess that you don't want to, right? Fuck no. Yeah, okay. That fuck out of the no. way. Who, what? Like, whenever Burt Kreischer is describing his cruise, it doesn't sound like a bad time. So what does he do? He just does, like, three nights of stand-up or something? Yeah, and he picks... Like it's, you know, his friends, his stand-up friends, and they're all doing stuff too. I'd love to go on the Radiohead cruise. <laughs> How fucking... <laughs> I think I... It, it either would be like the peak experience you could have. Like, the, the you know, like it's it's a cruise, but it feels like Radiohead. Or it's just stuffed with dudes who sniff their own farts all day and you kill yourself on day three. So many people would go overboard. <laughs> <laughs> the boat the boat would be empty by the time it got back to like origin <laughs> points yeah the same kind um, of casualty rate as the uh boat boat from jaws that uh <laughs> exactly um i guess that's a good question um comedy would be better than music yeah i don't want to go to three shows in a row or even three shows in like like music shows in like seven days. There's a band you would want to see three shows worth of material of, though. Well, I mean, I I saw I two nights of Metallica. I would have gone back for a third night of Metallica. They still hadn't played the Unforgiven. If I'd been guaranteed they would play the Unforgiven on the third night, I would go. Dude, I get so tired. I just don't know. I just don't know that I can go like actually listen to music for more than one. Like I, I don't think I can do it on consecutive nights anymore. Uh, like I'd, I'd like to test my metal at another festival one day, but I, I don't. I don't. I'm just. I'm built different, and I mean that in a bad way. Yeah, I'm built more poorly. <laughs> Some things have been falling apart. Yeah. No, nah, I know. I know what my physical limits are, and frankly, they're excellent. I've, <laughs> I've been doing so much activity the last week, and okay. I just handled all of it. Just beasted all of it. I'm one of the great theme park attenders of all time. I mean, there's a non-zero chance you end up on a Disney cruise at some point. I don't think that, uh, I mean, you know, obviously that would be Megan driven and I've never sensed in her the slightest hint that she would like to spend a week on a boat. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a huge impediment to spending a week on a boat. <laughs> but it's still just it's it's a magical floating journey Nah, i don't think so it's the happiest boat on the uh in the world there's no rides it's i would it feels like a clearly inferior experience to going to disney world which oh, is for sure did. so like if, sure. if you could spend that money i mean I, I guess i don't know the price points maybe the cruise is cheaper it's hard to imagine anything being more expensive good god yeah it's yeah i don't know i don't even want to know the numbers did your parents go yeah i'm 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'm not going. Okay. I didn't know. Uh, it's uh, So I, I have to assume that so i've i've worked out in my head why this is and i don't know if it's right or not this is not no research just me thinking about it i think that what happens is around the holidays they probably increase capacity like they probably have seasonal hires and there's just more people working and the the disney empire is able to churn at a greater you know whatever rate uh near christmas and then before they lay all those people off and send them back out into the world, they want to like extend that time as long as possible. So, you know, you would think that most people like the, the between Christmas and New Year's, that's a great time to go to Disney. Just everyone's out of school. Uh, Florida's probably warmer than wherever you live. The weather was excellent. Uh, and so like it's a, it's a good time. But then probably around January 1st, everyone's leaving. So January 2nd is the race expo, and then January 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th, they run, there's a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and marathon. So Oh, okay. So like your brother and his kids went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole family. And then dad and Daniel okay. ran every single one of those. Okay. So they ran like close That's to 50 badass. miles over the course of four days. But Damn. they're really interested in whatever your half marathon time is. <laughs> I mean, the only way I know that he was interested is because he looked it up and sent it to you. <laughs> so, I mean, that doesn't register as non-interest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, you know, you like run through all the parks and shit. I, I have to assume. Like, That's cool. I in That's really cool. Yeah, the, the concept of marathons in general, it's like, couldn't you just run by yourself without a bunch of fucking people tripping over you and like all this fucking rigmarole? Like if I was going to run 26 miles, I'd much rather find like a nice park trail and like fucking be by myself. But, our, you know, to when are marathons worth it? Like whenever it's somewhere that you definitely wouldn't be able to run by yourself unless like they're shutting it down for you and making this cool course uh then it seems fucking great you know like the new york marathon like running through you know like manhattan you're just not yeah. gonna be able to do that comfortably any other time uh and so yeah going through all five or four parks of disney world uh pretty dope pretty dope do you have to uh do they still have blizzard beach i think that they do do you have to like run up there and slide down i don't believe so but they do have like the Disney photo pass opportunities there along the court, along the course. Like there'll be like, <laughs> like fucking Beauty and the Beast standing there if the runners want to take pictures with them. And sure. uh, Daniel said that those would be like 30 people deep. Like you're just in the middle of a marathon and you just stop and wait in a line of 30 people. Let all so of your muscles just, get cold. <laughs> you're not exactly. That's the first thing. But then the second <laughs> yeah. thing is you're just not worried about your time at all. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know what it is? It's a bunch of people jogging in place while they wait to get a photo with Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Daniel did too much of that. But, uh, you know, it's in order to be able to have like a regular park day, all these start super fucking early. I think he was on a bus at 4 a.m. like every fucking day. Uh, yeah, I believe it. And uh, – so, you know, like just seeing all the shit at night, you know, like he's running by Epcot, they've got the ball fucking lit up and it's just, you know, he can take like one step off the course and take a photo where it looks like he's the only person in the park and 
shit looks beautiful. It's fucking, I don't know. I assume it was a great experience. I didn't take a single step running, so I don't know. So he, he then went and did everything that you did after that, and your assessment of your activity is peak? Uh, you know, I mean, it's true that he did more physical activity than me, but I just, I look back at what I did and I, I have no apologies. I have nothing no. but admiration for the performance I put in. Also, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's taken the same amount of steps, but he's kind of, um, what's the, he's, uh, like drafting off of me. No, no one else is figuring this shit out, you know? Like, it's not just the physical work of the steps, it's the mental work. Knowing the okay. park layout, being an expert in geography, just fucking yeah. finding efficient routes, cutting through the crowds, you know? You were the command center. That's right. That's right. It's not just about the physical, it's also about the mental. I do want to say real quick before we leave that topic, I don't know if we ever actually brought this up, and yes, it, it's only a half marathon, mm -hmm. but the first time I did that, I actually did not know at all what I was getting into. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, the first one, I had a good time, and I don't mean from the physical standpoint of it, um, but I didn't realize like how far 13 miles could go. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking far. Not so much from the, boy, this is really hard. The second time, obviously, was a disaster, but the first time was like, oh, damn, dude, I'm like going from white rock to the aac to swiss avenue i'm like i i don't know what i expected but it's essentially all of dallas yeah and especially obviously like you turn before white rock in the half but you're like right up you know at that point yeah and so yeah i mean i can't imagine if you were you know well i was gonna say if you were like in uh somewhere in like china or japan but i think that would be tough to pull off because I did run a lot whenever we were in Hong Kong, and it's very difficult. Tokyo is one of the big ones. It is? Like okay. I've never been to Japan. Five. So, Yeah, no, okay. I, I haven't either. Hong Kong was, was, I don't know how you'd do it. Yeah. Like, it's just all built on top of it, itself. So there's just, like, stairs everywhere. Like, there's probably get, some nice park, right? Yeah, there's definitely a nice park. I just don't know that you could construct... 26 or even 13 without it being it's so dense i mean you just shut down big streets right like yeah the big streets I, I, don't have stairs um yeah it's just it's weird it's it's different new york doesn't have this problem yeah yeah it's different there's just there's not that much elevation change in new york right i assume same with boston yeah boston famously it's uh i i think that like by the I don't know. I'm going to get this wrong, but there's, there's controversy over like, if you, if, if, if it's a downhill marathon, then like the times don't count. Like if, if there's a certain amount of downhill, then like it disqualifies. And I I'd think, love to see these message boards. I think that Boston is just on the right side of it. Cause it, I think that you are like, you know, the, the course that they've always had, you know, is, and like I, you know, it's the first big marathon that anyone ever organized. So like, I just don't think that they had really thought through these issues. I could be wrong. I don't know the history, but, uh, and so they've, you know, they, but they want to do like the traditional course, you know, like it's historic or whatever. So they've, they haven't made any big changes to it, but like, you know, it starts inland and it goes towards the sea. So you're going to be fucking sloping down. 
Well, from now on, when I think of the New York Marathon, I think it was last year's. Uh, I think of the Hasidic Jews trying to cross the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They do everything that, these days, dude. That, cl- that out clip, of tunnels, cer- cross the that clip certainly resurfaced this week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, this has been. Look, if we're going down, fuck it. This has been the greatest ten days of internet, pound for pound, of my life. I mean, you know, I've, I've mostly been off of it, but I've I, I observed some of it from afar and been mainly confused. I don't get why they like. I thought I saw someone indicate that they didn't control the building they were trying to build the tunnel to. Um, can you explain I, again, this to me? I, I'm going to get a lot of this wrong um, because I don't understand half the terms that are being used in these news articles. Okay, you know what I mean. Like I'll look them up and I'm like, oh, okay, that means group of young unmarried men. Justin explained to me what a mikvah is, so that was helpful. Like a bath. It's a bath, but it's like uh, you like bless things. Yeah, and like the the water has to be, I believe, still, and it has to have it's it's not just like f- filtered water or something. Like there's like minerals in it, I believe. Yeah, and so like the more the more fervent a believer you are, the more things you're going to need to have blessed. He says that uh, some of the uh, some of the folks. Uh, whenever the ladies get their period, every time they got to go, got to go re, you know, then obviously they're ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Save for the bath. Yeah. And then, then the bath goes and it it helps. And then I think that they have usually different ones that they bless the pots and pans in. I would hope. (laughs) Yeah. It certainly introduces the question. So, yeah, I mean, I read enough about it to where I was like, I, if I, I could double what I've read about it and I will not understand it better. Yeah. But I think it was like a, a court, court battle. Like that okay. they say they're trying to get it back. It was theirs. And the city's saying it's not yours. You can't use it. Um, and that that was taking so long. I just think it's. So they're trying to build from wherever they are to the mikvah. Yeah. I thought they're going from the mikvah to someplace else. I could be wrong, but I don't believe that's correct. Okay. Well, if if it's just like we we got our cool and I, there's no way I'm pronouncing this right, right? There's but, no way. Uh I'm not even sure I got all the letters in there. Uh but let's just go with it. Um if it's just like we've got this great mikvah and they won't let us to our mikvah, so we got to build the God, can you imagine the first guy? I just I love conversations like that. I love when someone's like, I've got an insane idea. And everyone else is like, no, dude, that's not even crazy. We're definitely doing that. <laughs> yes, we, the two of us have been involved in many conversations <laughs> like that. I love those <laughs> conversations. I, I just think it's funny because, you know, I don't know that much about Judaism and I definitely don't know that much about Hasidic Jews, but I just find it in- incredibly refreshing that you can put, you know, this very uh, archaic looking uniform on a young man. You can make him read this and read that and follow this and follow that. And at the end of the day, 
every single demographic, every religion, every social strata, we all got fucking rowdy boys. Yeah. Yeah. So true. <laughs> it does, for the, it doesn't matter. If the group of people it, is big enough, it's going to have some young adolescent males who they got a couple ideas. And then they start talking. Mm-hmm. And when they do, you get three of them together. Look out. You might get a franchise of stunt movies mm-hmm. that gets picked up and produced by Jeff Tremaine and Spike Jones. Could be. You might end up digging a tunnel underneath New York City that becomes international news. Man, what's that fucking noise down there? Is someone building the fucking tunnel? Did you see the guy from like, uh, I can't remember. I don't think he's with Blaze. I think I would have noted that. But he's with one of these like right wing, you know. You know, we you certainly would notice it was one of our good friends at our sister publication, Blaze. Blaze, yeah. But he has tweets from like October and November where he's like, I swear to God, I think there are Jewish people underneath my house right now because I can hear people <laughs> speaking Yiddish. And he lives on like he lives on the ground floor and doesn't have a basement. I uh, the way and I people first... were like, he actually had to delete the tweet. Oh yeah, because it was flagged for like yeah. anti-Semitism. Of course, yeah, of course. Like uh, the the way that I first encountered this story was someone sending me the joke tweet of it was the video of one of the guys climbing out of the tunnel from the side emerging yeah. and they were like imagine if you didn't have your phone and you just had to describe this like you'd be arrested <laughs> no dude it's not how new york is they don't just have them living under the streets you fucking asshole they don't just pop up and run off <laughs> yeah listen these tropes comparing them to rats have to end here, okay? It's just not all right. Oh, my God. Yeah, so <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Um, I didn't uh, – I still haven't really gotten the – I. you know, the whole time I figured that all this Epstein stuff is uh, – Probably not in anything like it's just the names that have always been rumored will now be like slightly confirmed. Yeah. Um, so I haven't checked back in, but because it's been in the news so frequently and like the, the Wall Street Journal had a series of big things, but then like one main big thing where they talked to a lot of new victims, uh, like the new both in the sense that they, I as far as I know, have not been in the press before and new in the sense that they were from the period after he was placed on house arrest. Um, and so they were like talking to them about, you know, like who are the famous people that he took you around? And so they're all talking about that kind of stuff. And hearing the way that Bill Gates, Bill Gates is just the funniest part about every one of these. Like he appears to have treated Jeffrey Epstein's access to underage women, kind of like uh, whenever you had like a really annoying friend as a kid that had a Nintendo 64. <laughs> he has he has Turok. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I'm over there every day, but we're not fucking friends, okay? <laughs> yeah, and then he gave that interview with uh, PBS where he's like, yeah, well, he's dead, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's obviously the uh, the crown jewel, sure. the capstone of of the Bill Gates Jeffrey Epstein relationship. 
But like just, he definitely knew. Oh yeah. Like not only like of all the people who are involved in this thing, like, you know, like did Chris Tucker take one humanitarian flight to Africa and like now his good name is being tarnished? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but like Gates, like his fucking wife of decades divorced him because she didn't like his answers about it. <laughs> like, come on, dude. <laughs> I I don't I don't think that every single person who talked to Jeffrey Epstein, every person who talked to Jeffrey Epstein after the conviction has more of a laissez-faire attitude about child sex trafficking than I would like. But I don't think that like every person that's in the book participated at all. Like Of course not. It's it's obviously like his biggest secret, you know? I mean like he didn't keep it very well. Uh, is it even his biggest secret? I think his whole fucking deal with secrets. He probably knows who really killed JFK, you know? So, like, I guess I want to take back that it's his bigger secret. But I'm just saying, like, if there's something, like, if you have a kind of somewhat shameful interest like this, like, it's going to be a very small subset of your friend group that gets brought into that world. Like, that's how this stuff is always going to work. So like like you've got you want you know you want to cast this big net of famous people you know um and like you're kind of evaluating all of them for could I bring them in to this this fun thing that I'm doing but like you've got to be pretty conservative I mean the fact that he didn't get caught earlier and like that we still don't have like we don't have near enough smoking gun like I I just would say that that's an indication that he was somewhat careful at times about this stuff and uh that to me means that you know like of the people he's looking at like 10 percent of them are going to make it in uh but yeah the the woody allen is is featured very prominently in the mm. uh the new investigation and it was absolutely making me crazy that his like straight-faced explanation for why this is fine is no, my adopted child who's 30 years younger than me that I married was there every time. So actually, it's not weird. <laughs> this is all above board, folks. I know you might have thought I'm an odd guy, but <laughs> look at the explanation. Appears that fine. Is, that is fantastic. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Soon Yi was there. Okay. No more questions. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you're right that like they, not everybody who was speaking to him post, uh, Florida was, was participating, but it was pretty public. Yeah. No, I would like for them to have a different attitude and I'm pleased that I believe this case makes it so that they will like from now on th think about how many people like famous people are talking with their inner circle. Like we got to make sure that we don't end up anywhere near the next fucking one of these yeah like there's so many guys who would be popping in that way if not for uh you know the the famous people being having someone in their circle that's like this is gonna be an epstein deal and you want far away from it yeah and i don't uh i don't imagine that we'll play much if any aaron Rodgers audio uh the rest of the week on the dumb zone because i'm i think we're all just over it mm-hmm but I will say, I can't recall, as I was trying to rack my brain this morning, a stranger media situation in my life. 
Yeah, it's pretty odd. Like, uh, like Aaron Rodgers talking to Pat McAfee on ESPN about the ESPN guy. Yeah, and about the Epstein client list and, like, Africa. Like, disease in Africa. And, like, I don't know, dude. Like, I was thinking, you know, they did put Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football. That was weird. But I, I haven't really been able to come up with anything as strange as like this consistent, prolonged presence of one of, if not, I mean, he, I think he's a top five quarterback of all time. And he's mm. just going on Disney every week and being like, the vaccine doesn't work and everyone you work for is a pedophile. And also your boss sucks. And they're just like, whoa, hey, that's A-Rod. AJ Hawk just silently nodding. AJ Hawk, MVP it's been a of good every bit. one of these. Yeah, I mean, just from bit. the first time that I watched, like that, that was that was a great moment in my life. The whenever he like first had to address the vaccine stuff, like the first time that we all became aware that Aaron Rodgers has a weekly show on Pat McAfee's show, because Pat McAfee's show back then, you know, this was like what two years ago, a little more obscure then, right? It's been a quick rise. Everyone agrees on that. Um, and so the, it's the first time that I'm actually making contact with the Pat McAfee show. And, uh, you know, it's a fucking Saturday night. I'm having a good time. And uh, just watching AJ Hawk just fucking nod. <laughs> Why is he on camera? <laughs> like he's, I don't know. And like in this one too, like I guess before he was, like it made sense that they were all in different places because of COVID. But like yeah. even in this most recent one, AJ Hawk's still like in front of this thing of books. Like they patch him in, he says nothing. He's never there. Nothing. <laughs> he, but I, he's he's. I've never seen him in their studio at, at any point. Does he talk in any of the other segments? Do we have like big AJ segments? Barely, because I've gone through some of it for audio before and just kind of like scrubbing through the video file and not much. Amazing. Amazing. And dude, the playoffs are this week. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why he's making all these fucking waves. It's just like. Because he's nowhere I, near them, friends. I mean, obviously, like everything Aaron Rodgers is spewing is not everything, but most of it is is bullshit. But it's just I find it fascinating that they just are letting this happen. Again, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it. Like, I, I mean. Uh, I watched the uh, I watched Network two weeks ago, and I feel like it explains all this. You ever you know the movie the I'm I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. I know that line. Just like a, there's a Network News anchor, and his ratings are slipping, and he he kind of spirals. But it's not even really about him. It's like about all the infrastructure around him. Of like whenever he like he going to break like goes rogue, and he's like next week. Uh, I'm going to kill myself on air. Have a good have a good Saturday. And uh the it's very funny like the the scene in the control room where like one guy's like what did he just say? And everyone else was clearly not listening. Like they're just doing their job. They're like all right, roll B. Uh, <laughs> and and the thing but the thing causes ratings to spike. You know, and then then everyone from there on out is like do the thing where you said you're going to kill yourself again. And uh, so, yeah, do, do I think that ESPN is upset that the thing that everyone is talking about is ESPN and that they're tuning into this 
property that they acquired knowing full well that the point of it was to have controversial things that bring attention to the network. I think they're like, our big plan is working exactly as intended. Yeah, the only problem is just the egos involved. Yeah, the guy where, whose name he's calling out is probably Yeah, I mean, that guy's, that guy's been there a long time. But he's got a boss, and if the boss is thrilled about it, he'll get over it. He doesn't have many bosses. Yeah. And right. His bosses might be the people that... Give me a second. I got to handle stock. heating and AC. I'll be back in two seconds. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that guy's got enough pull to bring the whole thing down, but probably not, right? Oh, wow. I just saw this. What's that? From Deitch. Pat McAfee announced today in his show that Aaron Rodgers is done as a guest for the NFL season. From everything <laughs> I understand, McAfee made that call. As I have written, he has creative control and control of guest booking. Obviously, I am certain ESPN supports this. So I'm going to tell you that this is not that uh, bold of a prediction. I feel less good about my network point now. Well, I think McAfee is just like, I'm tired of this shit. Because yeah. the other thing too, and I saw Brian Curtis tweeting about this, and I, I only watched a few minutes of it. And this is like uh, when people will say – you know, if you try to make the point that Dave Chappelle's content of late, it, the reason you object to it is not because you object to the morals of it. It's just more that you don't think it's funny. Yeah. And people are like, oh, yeah, but, you know, and there's something to that. Like, oh, do I not think it's funny because I object to it? Whatever. The McAfee Aaron Rodgers thing was just bad television. Yeah, I could see McAfee just being like, "I've we've got stuff that we actually are excited about doing. That doesn't feel so fucking tedious. It isn't going to get everyone screaming at us. How about we just do fun stuff that everyone likes? Yeah, I mean, he's going on and on and on about Fauci and RFK. Yeah, and still, it's, it's just so like, fucking dude, boring. Fucking like, dude, nobody like, not even people who are in that world want to hear that for that long from you. So it's like, how does that world still exist? Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm positive you have the same reaction that I do of like. Just stop talking about any of this. Who cares? Like, yeah, it's it, it happened. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. I do not give a shit. It's like of all the things in the world, I would least like to talk about the fucking efficacy of the COVID vaccine is last place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I think, uh, I think McAfee might have, I'm sure there's no decisions made unilaterally from that point. But if I were him, even if I got no heat, I might have been like, dude, we're done with this right now. You're just not. And so the prediction I was going to make was absolutely Aaron Rodgers will spin this into a victim play. Uh, it'd be it'd be weird if he was so close with McAfee that he was willing to make him his exclusive media guy. I you don't it think won't that be it won't be at McAfee. It'll be at ESPN. the people's the people that he's name dropping. And there's been a couple of them. Not just Norby. Yeah, it'll be, hey, Disney. Yeah. I don't know. I Hopefully not. You know, like, because where would he do that? You know, like he, is, of course, as part of this, seems to dislike, uh, you know, much of the press. Like, I, I don't know that he's going to want to do, like, a sit down with someone else about it. Hopefully he just fucking fades into the background. It's too Whitlock bad he didn't or something. retire after that Achilles. 
we could just be facing a situation where we just don't really have to hear from him again. That'd be nice. Yeah, it would be. What a weird career. What a, what a weird arc. I mean, as I hey, tweeted earlier the today. the funny guy who dates the race car driver. <laughs> yeah. See, I, you know, of course, fully despised him the second that he was picked. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was, there was a tough couple years in the wilderness there. And I really never even allowed myself to dream back then that the Aaron Rodgers hater club would be able to achieve the kinds of great successes and summits that we've reached now. It's, I'm, you know, this is the best world I could imagine. So you got anything from Disney you want to tell me about? I do. I definitely do. Um, so you went to Disneyland, right? Mm. I don't know why I said right. I know that you did. Um, did you guys stay till the the end, till the fireworks? No, we did stay for uh, like the mid afternoon parade. Okay, so but she taste. just she just couldn't go. I mean, that, at that point, you're at hour nine or ten. Yeah, something like that, and that it just wasn't working. Yeah, no, we were there for a long time. Uh, and so we only did fireworks one day, but by the last day, you know, we just kind of like got there later, sort of paced it out. We're just like, if we're going to be here, we should probably see it at one point. Um, and you know, most, so there was like two nights where, you know, the grandparents are there, they're watching the kid. My brother certainly is like uh, drinking beers in the park throughout, right? That's acceptable behavior. So I'm just, you know. It's slipping towards the evening time. What if we got nice and relaxed with a good edible? And uh, <laughs> so if we're going to watch a bunch of fireworks, definitely do that. And as I'm standing there, uh, you know, like just very close to Cinderella's castle in the Magic Kingdom, it's like a light show fireworks show thing. It's like those, yeah. the kind of light, so I don't even know if you call it light. Uh, but the thing that they did on the Mavericks court for the Dirk retirement ceremony. Right. Uh, yeah. It's like that, you know, where there's like scenes playing across the face of the castle accentuated by fireworks. Like a character will like, you know, shoot a lightning bolt out of their hand. And then whenever it hits the ground, there will be like a, a thing of fireworks. You know, it's it's fucking it's great. Uh, they got, you know, top tier sound system. And like the whole thing is just, you know. America's greatest cultural corporation putting their full might behind one singular experience. And I'm just standing there thinking and like kind of working myself to tears thinking about the enormity of this, of like language evolved primarily for the purpose of passing down our stories. It's like one of the like most key primal human instincts so like the tradition that like didn't even start with Homer, but like, you know, that's kind of like where recorded history picks it up. Uh, like that, all that, like coming down from there, uh, now we're here and like I am standing on the tip of the spear. Like this is the further, like you could say that like human evolution is the evolution of our ability to like have this culture. Like telling our stories is what separates us from the apes. And like, this is all the, everything we've learned about that, all the evolving that that's done 
This is the furthest point of it. It's it's the largest cultural corporation putting their full might. Like they're controlling every aspect of the experience. Like you could watch a movie and be like, this is the highest form of it. But like that theater, like they don't, like Disney doesn't own that theater. And like they didn't, you know, like they they couldn't uh, control the fact that like, you know, the popcorn was made shitty and like the speaker in one of the fucking arrays behind you, it went out a couple weeks ago and no one's really done anything to replace it. You know, like they're. Yeah, they're just, you are fully in their lap at that moment. A hundred percent. Every aspect of your being is being controlled by the most talented and intelligent people on the planet when it comes to like just passing down these things and like. It was, it's, it's simply amazing. I, you, you <laughs> have to do rocks. it. Like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years of human history just to get to this point. This is what it was building towards. <laughs> no, but what you're saying, what you're saying does make sense. You go what there and saying? do it. You'll feel it. You'll know that it makes sense. You, I, I don't think that everyone in that crowd put those words to it, but I know that they all had a sense of what I'm talking about. I mean, in some ways, like the, just the entire uh, Disney experience is, it, it's like, uh, well, really, it's like Kid Rock. For me. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, man, this is fucking kind of gross, but it also rules so hard. Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that my daughter's watching 75-year-old movies that, you know, yeah. my mom watched and I watched and now she watches. And I don't know when it runs out, but. It is our culture. It, it's 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 a it's an overwhelming thing when you think about it it's what like it more than anything is binding all of us together it's it's the unifying force we all do think that snow white's pretty cool yeah <laughs> yeah except for uh what's his name Tyrion from game of thrones he doesn't like snow white didn't we talk about that controversy at one point I don't know who Tyrion from Game of Thrones is. So he's the little person. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage was. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I can see why you'd have an axe to grind. Well, let me throw you a curveball. When they made the movie, um, they cast it with seven little people initially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, he was on some show or interview podcast something, and was like, "This is ridiculous. Like, we actually still have to just." only cast little people in these roles yeah and made a big stink about it and then um too much too many little people in acting that's your problem they recast it with just seven adult-sized men (laughs) and then some other guy who is a prominent actor in that community was like you fucking moron (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's not that many jobs for us yeah this one had seven Seven agents just had to make seven terrible phone calls all because you couldn't shut your fucking mouth. And then I think the guy like might have reposted that that Matthew McConaughey movie. Yeah, yeah, Little little Feet or whatever, Little Toes. Something, yeah, Dinklage is in that. Yeah, (laughs) he is? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. But anyways, no, I think you you concisely – describe what that experience is like especially with your kid there yeah i mean it'd be probably weird if they weren't although a lot of people obviously that's their thing but with your kid there it's like what uh this is it's biblical this is pretty much the perfect age 
to take kids. Like she was tall enough to ride most of the rides, but also still thought that everyone was real. And like, you know, I've said before, I'm really trying to like the, the whole Santa thing has been humorous of like, I've, as I promised I would since the time before she was born was straight with her the entire time that Santa's not real. And all that's resulted in is her arguing with me that he is. Like, <laughs> who would have known like we, we'll, we drove by the park where like there was a santa doing his thing and she was like see you fucking dummy he's right there you tell me he's not real who's that guy then yeah <laughs> uh so you know i don't lean into at all of like you know this is the real ariel uh but it still means quite a bit to her like sure i don't know dude it, it might have been the best week of my life it was fucking great just like it's the most excited she could possibly be the whole time she's on yeah maximum enjoyment it's great um it was uh affected i don't know like overshadowed i still had a good time is hard to know what to do with all of the feelings here and you know, hopefully people give me latitude to, uh, you know, Complain. deal with, deal with this as, uh, as, as I, you know, as, as feels natural to me. Um, but I did want to describe and share the absolute, like full, insane, somewhat curb your enthusiasm scene of we get to the park and I, I don't know, whatever. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I want to like, just explain this in a way that feels natural to me, but like not, I'm not trying to like milk negative events for publicity or something, but I, I don't know, man. I just, <laughs> uh -oh. we've, we've got a community here and I, I do feel like I would like to share what happened with the community and everything. So whatever, I, I hopefully I'm handling this in a, uh, uh, a responsible manner. Um, but yeah, so we, <laughs> we get to the park on the first day, we ride one ride, uh, and after we get out of the ride, um, my dad gets a phone call and clearly looks distraught on the phone. Like he's got his head in his hands, but in a way where I'm like, is it like, you know, like, uh, there's a leak back home or something, you know, like he's, he's measured, like he seems bummed, but like frustrated. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so he gets off the phone walks like he's kind of you know we're all sort of giving him a space so like we're in a clump over here in in tomorrow land of uh of the magic kingdom sure and uh he walks over and says uh that his brother had died last night and he starts getting emotional my mom is blown away no one like it was it was sudden you know like he I'm happy to talk about this, but he he had some medical difficulties a couple months ago, but it wasn't the kind of thing where like it was terminal. Like he, I can just say it, um, he had like a toe fungus that uh, just kind of went unchecked for a while and had to get his foot cut off. Uh, so that's insane, but not the kind of thing where you're like, okay, he's got a month left to live. You know, like he was yeah. fitted for a prosthetic. He was learning to use the prosthetic. Um, you know, things were progressing as normal. And so, you know, he tells my mom and she starts crying. And then 
both of my brother's kids see their grandparents crying, so they start wailing. Izzy, I don't think, has like a giant conception of what's going on, but she knows her cousins are crying. So the next link in the chain, she's crying. And we're all just standing in Disney World, like going nuts. And there was a lot of people like walking by us, of course. But there was like one lady who did catch like the whole thing. Like she was sitting on a bench, was kind of like looking in our direction. I don't think that she heard what he said, <laughs> but like and like uh, later on, it wasn't me. I wasn't with the group or whatever. But like my my brother, I think uh, like saw her again and was just kind of like that was wild, huh? And she was like, yeah, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> just watching like this thing spread from like person to person where like now all of them this are weeping in the middle of Disney World. Contagion of despair next to Space Mountain. <laughs> yeah, it was it was extremely close to Space Mountain. <laughs> it was not um, the happiest place on earth at that moment. No, no. Uh and like I, you know, Izzy she uh she was caught like it, the kids are funny about this stuff and I, I i i wish it was socially acceptable to be like them where she's like that's a big bummer uh it'd be helpful if i had something to take my mind off of it how about we just go on this ride and then like you know f- two minutes later we're in line for the ride and she's like jumping up and down like ride 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 um you know i don't know like i i think uh and you know she uh she went to the wake and was exceptional about like pretty fear in a way like you know whatever she's four you know like she only talks in a certain way she's not an adult so i don't want to like ascribe adult like qualities to her because you know it wouldn't be accurate or true but like i don't know i was just proud of the way that she was uh interfa- like she was asking us a lot of questions about it and then like speaking very frankly you know like i, I don't know whatever i don't want to like uh jerk people emotions around about this stuff but like she was she's basically like you know it's a bummer that we didn't get to say goodbye and we were all like yeah it's a huge fucking bummer (laughs) and then you know it was like so he died like does that mean you're gonna die wait oh yeah does that mean i'm gonna die (laughs) uh yeah and you know uh on the one hand very glad to be having these conversations i think it's good that we get started early with uh with dealing with the the great fucking you know fact of all of our existence that we all have to deal with but on the other hand there is a voice in my head like as i want to be like yeah bud welcome to the club it's what we're all thinking about all the time even when we're not thinking about it like (laughs) come on in uh but it's also like some some part of me wants to be frank about it wants to be honest about it because i can remember people being delicate about it with me and me feeling like that's just a form of dishonesty and these people like they they clearly just they don't trust me with this and that hurts you know that that they don't think that i can handle this um and so i don't i don't want her to experience that but you know now that i'm on the other side i can see like there's only so much her brain can handle it's irresponsible and abdication of my responsibility as the adult to just like throw all of it at her yeah. unmitigate and then just be like you know i know you have no prayer of processing this but fucking figure it out <laughs> yeah that's not good parenting um so that's a know. lot man yeah yeah I, I i definitely struggle sometimes with those questions um 
And I try to, you know, I, the thing is like, even being honest, the most honest thing you can say a lot of times in situations like this is, I don't know. Yeah. Which they find to be an incredibly unsatisfactory answer to anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I try to like explain the uncertainty, you know, like sort of lay out like, you know, could be this, could be this. That's what I mean by, I don't know. Um, but you know, that stuff never lands. I don't know. I, no. I struggle like, you know, I've, I feel good about how I feel like most of my life has been dedicated to trying to explain what I think. And I think I've achieved some measure of success, the, you know, but like, it's definitely not geared towards explaining it to a four-year-old, you know, like, like a lot of it was like learning the vocabulary to explain what I mean. And so like, I'm excited to like have these, you know, moderate to big sized words because they can be about more specific concepts and, you know, learning them has unlocked my ability to say the things that are in my head, but like it, it really works against me. I can't explain in three and four letter words, like I, what I mean by that stuff and like, what a fucking skill, you know, like the good children's book authors and shit like that. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know. That's that's a level of language difficulty that I, I, I don't think that I'm going to be able to master anytime soon. But yeah, I'm fucking, I'm trying for the, the sake of the kid. Um, yeah, and then uh, yesterday was the uh, the funeral, and uh, we we get is everything good? Yeah, I hope so. Okay, <laughs> sorry, you just had a. For the listener, Jake had a, a look on his face that indicated that something might be going on. But whatever. Um, you got him? Did Sorry. You, did your son escape? I got a fucking cat now. Yeah, the cat got out? No, but the door, like, you can't just, like, Milo will come in and out. Yeah, yeah, kinda. yeah. Yeah. And this cat cannot be outside. Like, <laughs> at all. So it's uh it's under control. Yeah, sorry. She just walked in here and was like, is the cat in here with you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh so we get to the funeral, and my my uncle was a real reserved guy. Like he he loved the ticket a lot, and I presume would he like email you? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I've emailed before. Um, like, whenever I first started getting into the ticket, I remember, like, the first uh, event that I went to. It was a fight night, and he, I went with him. Um, and so, like, he was introducing me to the people there. Like, you know, like, I remember an interaction with Junior where, like, you know, I, I wasn't working there. I was a while from working there. Uh, and, like, but, like, you know, it was the kind of thing where Junior treated him like a certainly somebody he's familiar with and that he was like, Oh, this is my uncle or, or this is my nephew. And that like meant something to him. I don't know. It's all very interesting, but like, uh, I don't, I don't know if he was autistic or if like, there's another word for it, but like, cause I, I don't, I don't know what the specific diagnosis would be, but he definitely had a thing where there was a very rich interior life that was very, very difficult to discern from just like sitting with him. Um, there was an incident whenever he was a kid, like whenever he first got to kindergarten, they brought him home and were like, 
this ain't the place for him. Like, you know, like I, I think that they use the R word. <laughs> like my, my dad says, like, that's one of his formative memories of like, you know, them coming home from school and being like, yeah, sorry about your son. He's, he's one of those. Um, but like, that's definitely not the case. Uh, you know, like, uh, the, the big signpost for this, for me, and like, I don't know, it should be an indication to everyone of how exactly this functioned because I was 16 by the time that this event happened and he like, he lived with us for a while. Um, was, uh, he wrote me a letter while I was at Excel for a while. He worked for the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So he'd have to go around and like collect, you know, labor data and he was near Excel physically and, you know, he couldn't like just pop in and visit. So he, he felt like writing me a letter and he wrote like a three or four page letter that, you know, I reread it over and over. It was an amazing letter. Like it was just, I don't know, like just for a guy who I'd been spending all this time with my whole life, I just kind of had no idea that's who he was. Like he was talking mm. in there about his high school experience and he's, it was just basically like, I know what it's like for people to treat you like you're different and it can be hard, but like, you know, uh, I made it through it and, you know, you, you find a way to manage. Um, and like, I, but it, I, I think it was very key that it was a letter. Like I, I can't conceive, like he would come on visits and he would never say anything remotely like that. Um, so sure. I, I think that like spoken communication person to person was, extremely challenging for him um and that you know you could kind of and like i i don't know i don't think he was like writing books i don't, I don't know that like he did embrace it's not like he he never he never wrote another letter after that you know so it's it's not like he unlocked this uh means of communicating by another way i i, th I think that he was active in forums I, I you know i know that like uh he was he would certainly post on the ticket uh one of the ticket facebook affiliated things um but yeah i don't know it was it was kind of a wild experience of just like like when once he did get a twitter account it was uh it was insane of like just he would be it, i just had no idea what his opinions were on anything until he did you know and then, uh, and then, and then, and he you lost. A lot. Then he lost the Twitter account because his opinion was that Chrissy Teigen was trafficking children. <laughs> I'm not so sure he's wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, I I think she's probably free and clear. the The evidence there is very thin uh, because of the incident of him getting kicked off Twitter for harassing Chrissy Teigen. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I checked out the facts and I, I felt like it was, uh, left a little to be, uh, left, left something to be desired as far as the, the hard evidence on her and John Holy Legend's shit. bona fides with, uh, with regards to trafficking, but. Oh man, that is, that is one of the funniest ways to get booted from the platform I've ever heard. I and, thought mine was good. And then whenever Elon Musk, oh, yours fuck. is still probably better. Um, <laughs> but then whenever Elon Musk came in, it was like everyone's back. Uh, I went, I was, I went and checked, and uh, 
he he was not back. He he was he was one of the people deemed so undesirable <laughs> that even Elon Musk was like, we can't Jesus have that. <laughs> and I I think that it was. I That's mean, I don't know. Elon knows that that information can't get out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to hide the secrets. Yeah, he's in the ring, probably. Sure, of course. Um, he is the ring. Yeah, and if and if Sean had, had unchecked access to Twitter, he might have brought them all down. Um, but yeah, whenever I was looking to see uh, who to see if he was back, like I just I searched his Twitter handle, and he was not back. The account was not active, and so nothing from nothing that his handle had tweeted comes up because you know, it's an unactive account. But I could see. Every tweet that anyone had ever sent to him. Okay. And it was it was nuts. It was, you know, like all kinds of people being like, great point, dumbass. <laughs> like clearly getting into fights about these kinds of things. And like he's like, you know, out whatever. Like, you know, obviously. Dude, he was a poster's poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like sitting, sitting at home and, I, you know. I dearly love him and think there's a lot great about it. But, like, he's clearly sitting at home and, like, getting brain worms from online. And We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then, like, just the people with the same level of brain worms, but just on the other side are, like, talking to this guy, like, this this shut-in and Wiley, just, like, yell. Like, it's important to them that they make their point that that he's a dummy. Like, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I, I hope, <laughs> like, uh, it's not just the people from a distance uh my mama always told me don't argue with fools people that were distance can't tell who is who i don't know that you would be able to tell who is who they're both <laughs> fools like anyone that needs to like have an argument online like you know you think you're getting special points because like actually chrissy Teigen didn't do anything wrong like the I, fact uh, you need to prove that to this guy you're just as insane i guess there is a time where you could do it for the comedy but I used to laugh so hard at how much my brother would tweet at like news agencies. <laughs> I, I mean, the top all-time tweet I've ever seen is him telling Adam Schefter to beat it, nerd. <laughs> like that's not for engagement. That's, that's, there's just nothing there other than let's chum these waters, beat it, nerd. But he would tweet it like the AP. I think that's great. I think that's beautiful. Uh, I do too. It was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I, uh, what do you think? What do you think their news director is going to hop on here and yeah. <laughs> guys, we got to change our coverage totally. Jay Kemp, seventeen seventy six says. Um, so uh, I, I have you listened to uh, the Grapevine podcast? No, it's one of those things where um, I'm afraid to. Yeah, I mean it was it was interesting. I felt like they did an admirable job of not wanting to entirely just redo the same show they had done. Like, it like Yeah, yeah. It felt like a, a slightly different approach. It was much more focused in on individuals and like not that there wasn't any of that in the South Lake one, but like it, there was at the end there was some like coverage of political races, but like that wasn't really it. It was more about they found two people. What's the big South Lake Church fellowship? There's Gateway and there's Fellowship. Well it's one of those. Might okay. be Gateway. I don't know. They found two people like two sets two moms that go to the church who have kids and that like uh they don't talk anymore 
and they like found both of those kids and like you know get got a full accounting <clears throat> of the kids side of the story and then the mom's definitely like i'm not talking to the fucking lying media right uh and just kind of like uh really digging into telling the full story of like those kinds of things and both of the moms are popping up as like people to pay attention to because they're going to every school board meeting like just reading passages from books they think should be banned and in both instances uh their kids you know they don't talk to them because the one kid is trans one of the other one's gay and like with one of them the mom was like you can't come to our house anymore i don't want you talking with your brothers and sisters and this is like an adult child at the uh progeny at this point the one one of them's like uh you know in their young 20s living in okay. san diego now the other one's uh finishing up high school now oh. um and you know like in was in grapevine but like as part of the whole deal like as part of the falling out with the mom the dad won full custody and he lives in portland okay. so you know now she's finishing high school in portland um but uh in both instances, it's like, uh, you know, the the kids have cut – like in one, it's like the mom kind of cut off the contact with the kid. The other one, the kid cut off contact with the mom. But like both of them, it's the most painful thing I could imagine. If I – you know, like if Izzy's 20 and I'm not talking to her, could you imagine? Like I'd rather be dead. I'd like, I, I guess maybe we'll get there and see how it all goes. And maybe I'd reconsider this. But if you're just saying right now, would I rather be fucking hit by a truck in a couple years or uh, have my kids stop speaking to me? The truck seems like an attractive option. And, uh, the, and so like they're kind of tracing that these people are thinking that these books have this power because that's what they think did it. You know, like they, they think that they had a normal kid who was turned gay because they read. Yeah, and, quote normal. Yeah, and so they're like, you know, we got to stop this whole thing. And like, obviously that's a misreading of the situation. But like, I don't know, it's just any of the, like, it just exposes the, these people, like, you know, we, we've all seen the statistics quoted about how the book bannings are being perpetrated by a very small minority of people. That it's like one lady in every community is sitting there. And, like, some of the ladies are doing it for, like, 30 communities around them, you know, that, like, they're just cranking out thousands of requested bans at a time. And I guess I'd never really stopped to think about what makes someone do that. And now like the idea that it's like my kid hates me because I'm a bigot towards them. Uh, and so now I'm going to like devote the, like instead of processing these emotions, I'm just going to pour all of the giant feelings this generates into banning books. Um, I don't know. You feel man. helpless. Yeah, sure. For sure. That's uh, what it is. I mean, and you, and you've not, you don't have like the, <laughs> excuse me, I don't know if you would say philosophical framework, but you definitely don't have the computing power to process that there's not something wrong with them. And yeah. partially that's because if you're the framework you have says that there is something wrong with them. So and, yeah, and then and, in, and the in a weird wrong, way, it's born out of like, I want to try to save my kid. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Even though know, like save future kids from yeah. the thing that happened to my kid. And like, yeah. You know, the, the the being wrong, like, or thinking that it's wrong, it's all just, like, you know, 
fear of difference. Like the, the, they've they've had experiences in their life. I I I have a hard time. I guess I'm very open to anyone's experience on this, and you know anyone that wants to write me and tell me about uh, you know like any kind of firsthand brushes with this sort of thing. I, I'm I'm happy to revise my opinions in light of new evidence, but uh, I would anticipate that it's very hard to be homophobic without first being traumatized. Like the the newness has to have a real threat level for you that's driven by things that happen, you know. Like I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're just taught that, then I don't know that you really need trauma. Maybe that counts as trauma. But like the the kids are taught that it's bad to be gay, and like they're still gay. They don't hate gay people, and like I, you know, they've certainly had their own trauma as a result of this thing. But like I. I Yes, I'm. I don't know. I don't want to be too specific because I I feel like that would have to be wrong. You know, like there's there's a lot of people who are homophobic, and uh, so they have to come at it by a, a variety of ways. But I I it feels like a a fear of difference, and for those fears to be so real that they animate them in this way enough that they cut their child out of their lives, that has to be something that happened that was that made them respect the fear that made the fear bigger you know what i'm saying i do but i think also it it might just literally be i think that my i think you're going to hell yeah in a lot of cases i just think it's you're going to hell and i mean i don't know i grew up around a lot of this stuff and it's like i just got to save my kid from going to hell yeah that's why I need to get him baptized. That's why I need to get him this, that, and the third. And it's like, well, I mean, that's a pretty serious thing. So I would say, you know, I don't want anyone I know to go to hell. If you believe it, then you probably would go to some pretty extraordinary lengths to prevent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just I don't know. I, I just, I just have to assume that there's something similar working in the the people uh yeah both in uh my uncle and the people telling him to shut up you like to, to devote your life to arguing online you know yeah some kind of mechanism but anyways i i'd like to leave you with one final i'll try and make this brief story um so yesterday was a funeral and the i, I was trying to explain the whole thing of like kind of how he was to give the context for the one thing that he did do that would like get him out of the house and like, like he, uh, he had a job, he had a job in 2005 that like, I don't, I still don't know the details, but I, you know, whether it was like a layoff or whatever, but I, I, I presume that something related to his difficulty in communicating made him a bad fit for that job and essentially every other job he ever tried. And so around about 2005, he was like, I'm done trying. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's always hard to explain this stuff because, you know, whenever you find out that whenever someone finds out that I have an uncle that, uh, you know, like someone in my family was independently wealthy enough to finance his lifestyle, they probably just assume that like the same thing's going on for me and not so, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whatever, there's, uh, some support, but, uh, there's also just a lot of fucking rotting wood in the house that's not getting replaced. You got um, Disney. <laughs> I did get Disney. There's that. You know, it's, yeah, I, I can't, it's all, it's nuanced and complicated. Uh, but they did, his his parents did make the call uh, of just like, all right, 
we'll we'll take care of it. Like, you know, we'll we'll pay off his house. He can live there. I assume <laughs> he's getting some kind of stipend because otherwise he wouldn't have any money at all. Um, but, you know, I mean, he lived very modestly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and so, you know, but the, from 2005 on, he's just been chilling at home. And uh, the only thing that would like get him to leave the house is that he was very active in his church. Uh, you know, like that he, he loved doing like little tasks related to the church. And it was cool. I'm, you know, fucking extremely glad that he had that. And so he was going like, I don't know about every day, but like certainly more than once a week. Uh, and, and he was, you know, just a, a part of their regular community. And so yesterday when we get to the funeral, there's a surprising number of people there and surely because of, you know, they're, they're also from the church. And, and then I think that there's some people where like the church has its daily service. And so like, this is the daily service and it's just got a funeral attached to it, uh, which, you know, like that's how Catholic ceremonies go. Like you just do a church service and then there's a couple extra things added on to make it a funeral. And so we get there and like, you know, it being a funeral, there's like a couple rows reserved for uh, the the family. And there's like things, you know, hanging off the row saying reserved. And there's a guy just like chilling in one of them. And, you know, uh, he's a he's an African-American gentleman who we've never seen before. So certainly not like part of the family. And uh, <laughs> my... I, I don't know. I don't want to pin this on anyone. Someone in the, some parts of the family come up and are like, what are we going to do? And I'm like kind of hearing all this and no one's asking me. And even whenever I pipe up, definitely no one hears a word I'm saying. Cause like they're having their conversation or whatever. But I do for the record be like, how about we just leave them there? <laughs> like, yeah. how, like, what's the fucking deal guys? It's not, it's not the end of the world. Uh, and like, I don't know, some of them seemed like pretty upset or just like, I, whatever, it's a tough day. It's throwing them out of order. I, it's fine. It's whatever, but it becomes clear. I don't know if like someone tells them or whatever, but, or like, we're just gathering, but I, I think like someone there who like went, you know, like one of the family members that was also a, an attendee of the church was like, oh yeah. Um, he's like both physically and mentally handicapped to some degree. So I'm like, all right, we'll definitely leave them there. Uh, but there, no one, this isn't even registering. They're just moving forward with the plan of how to remove him. And the plan they come up with is like the priest comes by and they're like, hey, would you mind just asking them to like, you know, switch to a different row? Uh, and like the priest is like, no problem. I'll go do it. But the reason I'm saying this so loudly is it's become clear to me that's where they want me to sit. <laughs> okay. It's like he's going to have he, – what he's going to experience yeah. is a priest coming up to him being like, get out of here. This is a special seat for somebody. And then he'll look over and see. <laughs> yeah. Like, who's well, who's going to sit in the special seat? Who's, who's the big man that's disrupting <laughs> me from my daily routine of, have, of just experiencing my fucking Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as I like to every day? Who who's disrupting that? And you just look over and give him the Jordan shoulder shrug. <laughs> so the whole time I'm like, 
God, I hope he's okay with it. And like the way it was arranged, like once I got up there, like the way it was arranged, the pews are kind of like stacked in such a way. Like no, there was no pew in front of him. You wouldn't even have had to climb over him. It would have been so easy just to leave him there. <laughs> but but instead, here I am being like, uh, that's my seat. Yeah, maybe one in the back. <laughs> yeah, he literally did just go to the very back. I don't know, man. Oh, I didn't. We, I felt uncomfortable. You had a Kirby ten days. Yeah, but I don't know. I uh, I certainly did love my uncle. He was a regular listener of this podcast, uh, and you know, we're gonna miss him. I hope that this is a, a fitting memorial. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, no, certainly no one else is gonna be with a platform like this letting you know about about his life and that he was uh, a cool guy um so i don't know whatever i'm trying to do my best i hope everyone has a nice week i think he did a great job fuck you chrissy teigen <laughs> yeah dude as a final remembrance to him we do need to bring down chrissy teigen <laughs> expose her lies so yeah we'll see you uh what uh tomorrow we got another one yep okay all right Thanks, folks. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.